Hey, welcome to Yes, but welcome. Hello. You're probably wondering why we've gathered you here today. <laughs> we're going to perform a heist. We're going to steal from. We're going to steal those tiny little roses and little glass vials from a gas station. Don't ask why. Oh why do they sell those? <laughs> who who sells those? Why do they sell those? Why? Who buys them? Uh, for for when you need to tell your wife and friend that you love them in a very cheap manner. Yum. Yep, it's definitely that and yeah. no other reason. Yeah, when you're uh, when you're trying to get some crack. Yeah, you know. I or just heroin. I, look, okay. Far be it from me to dictate that heroin and crack users shouldn't have a little bit of class in their life with the delicate looking yet still beautiful tiny roses that they sell at gas stations. However, um, no, you know what I mean? Just no, just, just no. You know what's funny? No. Uh, the vial itself costs more to make than the, uh, the little rose. That's wow. Yeah. You're welcome. I was, I was blissfully unaware of so many things before I met you, Ben. <laughs> 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 Not that I regret it or anything. I just wanted to point it out. Anyways, yeah, a lot of places illegalized their sale. So, what are we gonna say, Ari? I was gonna say that we're not here to talk about heroin and crack cocaine use yet. We're, now we are. We're here. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> You know, why are any of us here, Travis? That's a great question. <laughs> it's one of life's great mysteries, man. Oh, on. So. We're here to do heroin and crack. No. <laughs> <laughs> to peter out. Yeah. Somebody uh, somebody cut out everything else, just Travis saying that. And um, <laughs> we have that explicit tag for a reason, guys. Damn right. It's not just for all of the excessive cursing we do. For yeah, all we our also talk dr- about adult concepts like <laughs> taxes <laughs> and heroin. <laughs> and heroin. I really think heroin is an all ages activity. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely not good for kids. Not good for anyone. But it's it's you know, like there's nothing inherently like adults only about it. I mean, heroin is probably better okay. for heroin. Yeah, I think once you're old enough to, you know, melt butter in a in a in a microwave, you're probably old enough to use heroin. How do you do heroin again? You inject it, right? Well, there's also it, it comes in pill form. Oh my god, yeah. Well, then you're definitely able yeah. to. Uh, I'm gonna say this to everyone listening, including you guys: don't snort heroin; it'll kill you. So <laughs> we knew, yeah, and I knew that. To any children yeah, listening, what's really important is that to any kids listening, definitely do not snort heroin. Okay, yeah, don't inject it. Yeah, uh, well, don't do heroin in general, but, but don't do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 You heard Sorry, it. guys, I've got a, I've got a pre-bed heroin problem. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. just love seeing strong women in film. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Raider reminded me of that joke the other day, and it made me very happy. <laughs> you know, you heard it here from us first, kids. Uh, don't do heroin. <laughs> Stay in school. 
We'll talk about other drugs when you're a little older. Anyways, what are we actually here to talk about today? Does anyone want to go first? I don't know. I miss. What are we actually going to talk about? Oh my god! <laughs> so we're going to talk about um, like we're all parts of various nerddoms and fandoms. We've all been shoved into lockers before. Yeah, Maybe yeah. not Ben, but like, no, I did. I, I did put whoa, a kid whoa, in a trash whoa. can don't once. Put word, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I've never been shoved into anything ever anywhere except the closet. But and even then, it was only metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we're all parts of various fandoms and like different nerd genres and flavors, if you will. So like, what's something in your nerddom that you're not, you will never fuck with? Like me, I love horror movies. I fucking love them. I love shitty ones. I love good ones. I'm never going to watch Human Centipede. I have no interest in watching that gross horse shit. It just looks terrible. I don't like the concept. I don't see how I'm going to come out of that liking myself. Like, I enjoy 13 Sins for a similar reason in Toxic Adventure, but just how gross it seems to be just misses me. I, I'm never going to fuck with it. Uh, can I just say, as someone who has seen both Human Centipede and Human Centipede Part 2, yeah. Yeah, did you know that you... there's a third one? Oh, God. I feel like someone has mentioned it to me before. The fact that there's three of those movies, as somebody who's seen Human Centipede 1, but not mm. Human Centipede Part 2 or 3, the fact that there are three of those movies is just, like, so horrifying to me. Yeah. I I I don't remember if it was Human Centipede or another like kind of schlocky gross horror movie like that that was like this this horror movie is a metaphor for how fucked up like horror movies can be and how desensitized we've got it as a society and I'm just like are you criticizing the thing by doing the thing you know what I mean like yeah. Yeah, it's like, is it satire if it's actually not? Yeah. Yeah. Or wait, yeah, how, however that works. Yeah. That movie already existed, and it's called a Serbian film. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will never watch a Serbian film. Fun fact. Fun fact, that movie already existed. It's called Hannibal, Ho- Hannibal, uh, Hannibal Holocaust. I almost said <laughs> Hannibal Holocaust. <laughs> Where does Funny Games land in the, like, horror movies that are like... Yeah, Funny Games. Fun and games or Funny Games? Funny Games. Funny Games, let's see. Oh my god. Do I know about a horror movie that Ben hasn't seen or heard of? (gasps) Well, there's also, like, a span of about five years that Ben was doing a lot of drugs and... Yeah, if this movie came out in 2007, I have no idea what the fuck it is. Let's see. Oh, this movie. Yeah, this movie, Ben. Oh, the, Austra- the Australian movie. Let's see. Oh, God. I'm going to read, like, the first paragraph of the plot. I'm just... Let's see if it's the right one. George and Ann Farber, their son Georgie, and their dog Lucky arrive at their lake house. Their next-door neighbor, Fred, is seen with two young men, Peter and Paul. They find Fred reacting somewhat awkwardly. Fred and Paul come over to help put the boat into the lake. After they leave, George and Georgie stay outside by the lake, tending to their boat. 
George asks his father why Fred was behaving so strangely. Is it this movie? It is this movie, but Funny Games is actually a 1997 film. 2007 is American remake. Ah, Jesus. So, um... Oh, this movie. Yes. And it is very fucked up. It's a movie that's like, this is a good movie that you should only watch once. Um, and I'm pretty yeah. sure the director also came out and was like, it's about society and how desensitized we are to violence and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, no, it, no, it's not. It's, I mean, it, it is about that, I guess, but like you're doing the thing you're criticizing. Yeah. And I feel like those types of movies, like there are absolutely movies that comment on like hyper violence in our society um and are actually like commenting on it and and just not and not just being hyper violent but yeah. i don't think funny games is that or human centipede i think human centipede was a bet i think somebody was like hey man do you want to do you think you can make the most fucked up movie of all time and then that guy was like nope because a serbian film already exists but i think i can come pretty close yeah. and that's what i think happened there i watched yeah, i I, I know um, Human Centipede is like an indie movie, but it did get did it get like a nationwide theatrical release? I d doubt it. No. Or is it just one of those things where it was like super limited, but it got a lot of word of mouth because of how fucked up it was? I I feel like Human yeah I feel like Human Centipede like sh started showing up in like fucked up movie nights. Mm -hmm. First of all, yeah. oh yeah. First, That's why I've seen both of them. Yeah. First of all, the guy who made it is not American. He's Dutch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And second of all, um, from what I know of the Dutch, that tracks. So <laughs> third of all, if you go to his Wikipedia, he has made on the podcast six, six, seven, eight. Um, he has made like eight movies three of them haven't come out yet one's called the human caterpillar have we not suffered enough <laughs> have we not suffered enough it's just it's just the most fucked up version of the very hungry caterpillar no. No. it's a vor movie do not put that into the universe travis <laughs> don't do this to me that guy already did put it in the universe. I am your friend, Travis. <laughs> we are friends. What did I do to deserve this? But to go back and talk Fuck about you, Travis, to talk about like parody and satire, mm -hmm. I watched this video uh, from the GDC. That like it's like the game developers conference kind of deal, mm. and it's this guy who used to work at Valve, and he also worked at Sony for like 15 years, and very recently he started making like indie games by himself, uh, and he had this video called 30 Things I'm Tired of Hearing During Your Video Game Pitches, and one of them had to do exactly with this, and he was like, you can't hide behind the term parody or satire. Yeah. Because a lot nice. of people go and make a game and then realize that it sucks and they're like, well, maybe if we call it a parody, it'll like do better. It will never do better. It's never a real parody. It's trash. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of video games, because you talking about video games reminded me of this. Did you know? Also, let's just go ahead and say, okay, so I think it's safe to say at this point that like, despite the fact that I've only played two out of the. Are you counting like, how many Fallout games there are? Yes, I am counting how many Fallout games there are. Five games? Not counting tactics or or shelter? Um, six. Six? Okay. I think well, there is uh, Brotherhood of Steel, too. Yeah, the PS2 RTS. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One, two, Brotherhood of Steel, three, New Vegas, four... Oh, and 76. Right, yeah, I forgot about I 76. So seven, actually. Yeah, um, seven, uh, Bethesda. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, no, actually, they're not. They keep coming out with updates. They've added some NPCs. Uh, I saw something on my Steam that was like, main quest has been added to Fallout 76. And I'm like, great. Wow. Two years later. Awesome. So Two years later, they finally added some content yeah. to the fucking game. Cool. If you cool, cool, watch cool. Bethesda's uh, E3 presentation mm-hmm. at the start of it, they like have this video and it goes, from the award-winning company that brought you Fallout 4 and Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see the problem here, Travis. <laughs> I think I see. Th- oh, I think goodness. I see the problem, but what is the problem? <laughs> they don't mention Fallout seventy six. Ah, uh, oh, they, like, they oh, mention okay. a bunch of the recent games yeah, because got it. Yeah, because even though Fallout four is way older than seventy six, it was much more critically acclaimed. Yeah, yep. I do not have high hopes for Fallout five, but please, God. Don't don't let it be. Um, I guess is Fallout seventy six technically an MMORPG? Yes. Okay. Don't yeah. let it be an MMORPG. Just a classic game with like a main quest. Maybe we scale back on the having a family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe no families. No family stuff. You know what? Let's just go back to it being an isometric isometric top down game. You know what? point and click let's let's go back <laughs> to the 90s just straight up let's just go back in time let's go back to when you could murder children in the fallout yeah that's the that's the real issue <laughs> i've heard people criticize the fallout games but the only criticism i have is you can't murder kids anymore um i will okay. buy the next one if that happens speaking speaking of uh th- fandom things i'm really into that i'm never gonna do i'm never gonna play 76 i mean you know yeah. I, i'll say never oh i won't say never because maybe but like probably not definitely not on the computer i have now uh, that's for sure it's free to play i would play it yeah if it was free to play i would play it yeah yeah, I think that that would be the situation. It does have a lot of really interesting, like, Appalachian stuff, which I do think is really cool. Oh, yeah. And, like, and maybe now that they've added NPCs in the main quest, it's not that bad, you know? Uh, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I it would like be kind of cool to dropped. see. Sorry, go cool ahead. To see what? It would be kind of cool to see, like, the beginnings of the Brotherhood of Steel. Yeah. I don't know. You got to feel bad for the people who dropped 60 goddamn dollars on an empty game. Yeah. 
you know, I know one of those people who drops 60 goddamn dollars on an empty game, and I think he just kind of makes his own fun. Like, I don't think he... Yeah. I don't mm. really think he plays it for the story. I think he plays it because he does enjoy the lore of it. Like, he enjoys mm. the lore, the history of Voltec, the what the war was about, why the bombs fell. So he enjoys that. But really, I think yeah. he just enjoys it, the fact that it's a pretty good FPS. Hmm. Ooh, that's a that's a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, the whole reason why I brought up Fallout is to say, and I did not know this, Tim Kane is gay. And I just think that's neat. Who? Tim Kane is one of the co-creators of Fallout. Oh. Like the like the originals. Oh damn. Cool. I'm sorry that I forgot who you were, Tim. Yeah. And I forget about Dre as and I, I just think that's, yeah, I think that's cool. I don't know. Hell yeah. I mean, do you think the guy who created Elder Scrolls is also gay? Maybe that would be, that would be pretty cool too. Married. <laughs> what would conversations in the Skyrim Fallout household look like? Oh, man. oh, you know what I wish? I wish Skyrim had vats. There has to be that mod out there, right? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, there's got at least some kind of Vats equivalent in Skyrim as a mod. Yeah. There's got to be. If you play a stealth archer, you can kind of kind of slow down oh, time yeah. when you take a breath. That yeah. is true. You can, you can draw your arrow and then breathe in and everything slows down. Yeah. Right, you've been playing D&D with me for a long time. What kind of character do you think I play as in Skyrim? <laughs> oh my god. Wow. God, I just can't imagine. Archer. Yep. <laughs> Bitch, everyone plays as a stealth archer in Skyrim. It's the easiest <laughs> thing to do. I was oh, a, it's so much fun, though. I was new. I was new to video games when I started playing Skyrim, so I didn't realize. I was like, "Magic sounds cool," and then I got yeah. my ass handed to me <laughs> for eighteen straight levels. Travis, the entire time, could have said something, said nothing. <laughs> Travis, you're amazing. And then, I and mean, then one I, day, I was just like, "You're committed to your magic." I, you know? I think magic I is cool. Role I was. Not, I mean, not well, but I was fucking doing it. And then finally, I was like, "Hey, Travis, um, what are you doing?" And he was like, "Oh, I just sneak around and shoot people with arrows. It's it's great." And I was like, "What? That's an option?" <laughs> and then I found it on the internet, and the my my pain has not stopped. I have made one other magic character in Skyrim, and do you know what I did? Conjured a bow and arrow with it. Yeah. <laughs> the minute I got the spell tome. <laughs> Anyways, Travis, what's some nerd thing you're never going to do that you're, you know, kind of, um, it's kind of like a thing? I'm never going to watch MCU movies. Okay. But like beyond the ones that I've already seen, I I'm just never gonna get invested in the MCU. I mean that's fair. Yeah. I get that. As the person who like, just watched Loki, uh watch Loki, but uh I feel you. <laughs> yeah, but I would highly recommend one division. <laughs> <laughs> I like I also uh, like I've just never been a big comic book person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
or like a superhero person in general like it's just kind of whatever to me mm-hmm. um so yeah i just like the mcu and i guess like comic superhero comic books in general are just not really I'm just never going to fuck with them. I can dig that. Yeah, I respect uh, it. As a person who recently got back into My Hero Academia, I really think everything that that show does, does what the MCU wanted to and better. Oh, yeah? Very much so. I will go ahead and say this. I When I was in college, I knew somebody who made like a really big deal about the fact that they only liked uh, manga and they didn't like Western comics and they would never read Western comics and they just hated them, um, especially superhero comics. And while I didn't agree with some of their points, like some of it was just storytelling stuff. Like she, she said she, you know, she thought the storytelling was better. And I, I mean, I think there's strengths in like, well, first of all, they're both super diverse mediums yeah right there you can tell all sorts of different stories through comics and manga and they definitely influence each other i just think that that it's like a silly statement to make you know Mm. that would be like i hate all movies because i saw the godfather and didn't care for it thought it was too long and like (laughs) i would just you would everyone would just be like that's one movie there's so many movies and so many different genres of movies like you don't even have to like gangster movies you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but I will agree with her on one point. While, of course, there are some manga that can run for years, like Hunter mm. Hunter is still not completed. At the end of the day, if I wanted to start Hunter Hunter, you know where I would start? Volume one. Yes. If I wanted to start reading about Nightwing, I would go back to a comic that was made in like the fucking 40s. I don't remember when Dick Grayson was introduced and he's had so many different writers and there's been so many different reboots of the DC universe and like I wouldn't even know it was canon anymore and it's just like it, it can it can be hard for new fans to break into comic books for that reason. Whereas manga, again, you find Bleach Volume 1 and you are immersed in the world of Bleach. You are at the beginning of the story, figuring out what Ichigo is doing. And that's all you have to do. Yeah. Fuck, most of it you can find online for free. Like Hell, even like the, well, not even going back to anime, fucking My Hero Academia, each episode is what episode it is in the fucking show like instead of like season three episode eight you're like season three episode 88 and it's the 88th episode of the show right fucking season yeah it is you know one of those things where it's just like comic books have really made it super difficult for new fans to break in i think at least that's how i feel like you can absolutely disagree and new fans do break into comic books all the time but what's easier you know finding specific volumes to read like 80s nightwing yourself or reading a wikipedia page about it right well and i can understand uh how the um like how expansive superhero comics can be Mm -hmm is kind of like reaching into a grab bag of Halloween candy. Like, you can always get something different. 
because um, there's just so much there. But it, it, that's not even my qualm with it. It's just I've never really been into superheroes. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Like I, I prefer like straight up, like because in some ways superheroes is urban fantasy, right? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but I I prefer like high fantasy, okay, urban fantasy stuff. You know, yeah. like if it's gonna be magic, just call it magic, right? Don't be like, oh, they're mutants, and the this person gets their powers because they swallowed too many grapes one day, <laughs> and now and now they shoot grapes in their hands. Yeah, sometimes it can just be magic, you know. Yeah, and sometimes in comic books, it is just magic, just straight up magic. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. It's just like fucking <laughs> Doctor Strange, and that's like, I feel like uh, superhero stuff has permeated the culture enough to where I don't need to see MCU movies to know who the characters are. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know who Doctor Strange is, and I know who fucking Iron Man and Captain America is just because of their like, media facsimiles that are all over the place, either through parody or advertisements or anything like that. So, yeah. I uh, will go ahead and say that I agree. And I find, I mean, I really enjoyed the Marvel movies when they were like first starting. Mm. Um, But I find them so samey nowadays. Like I go into a Marvel movie, I know what I'm going to get. And for some people, I think that's the appeal. But for me, it's that sort of like the, the, the Disney effect has that has occurred is just like sort of a mashing down of everything creative and like interesting and stuff that I enjoyed about Disney movies to begin with to make it all palatable for everyone. And I get that's just like the goal of capitalism, you know, like, but I personally find it super boring and not all that interesting. That's what I enjoyed about Loki, was just how different it was. Yeah. But I do agree with you. All the movies I've seemed to have gotten to a very samey kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I am. I want to see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. If they make a Moon Knight movie, I want to watch that. I'm not really interested in WandaVision. And I'm not really interested in anything else with the MCU. That's fair. Yeah. That being said, WandaVision is pretty good. I, do, I highly suggest you yeah. watch it. I will I will say the the MCU movies that I have seen, I have enjoyed. And I can I can count them on one hand. Iron Man 1 mm-hmm. and 2. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 and Ant-Man. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. That's fair. And I watched all those because it had someone that I liked in it, and guess what? I liked them. <laughs> and they did a good but, job. Um yeah, but like fucking. Oh wait, no, there's six. Fuck, I've seen Black Panther. I have six fingers on one hand. <laughs> Black Panther was also very good. Hey, did you kill my dad? What? Because you have six six fingers on one hand. Yeah. Kill my father. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> my name is Ari Montoya. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, I will say, out of all of those 
the ones that had this most sameness were Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Black Panther. Mm-hmm. See, I, 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 uh, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I liked both of them. I think they were both very good. I wouldn't say that they were my favorite movies of all time. Um, oh, yeah, no. I respect what Black Panther did. Absolutely. But, uh, and I understand, you know, like, maybe it's just not for me. Not everything has to be for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's, that, by the way, is just a major disclaimer of this episode, as is per all of our episodes where we talk about things we're just not really into. If you like it, I'm glad you have something in your life that you like. You shouldn't feel bad yeah. about it. You know? Be sure to leave a mean comment in our... <laughs> yeah. I'd actually tell on Twitter. Specific- yep. oh. <laughs> specifically call me a bitch. Like, please, I would love that. Uh, but um, what I'm saying is like, you know, it's, it is all, it's all stuff. Can I tell you the thing that I will never, ever, ever, ever get into? Not even when the television show comes out. The Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. Oh, yeah. You said something about the Wheel of Time, I think, when you pitched us this conversation. I, I did. And I did, in fact. Did you, see the, did you see the same clip from Um Actually that I did to get Wheel of Time in your brain? No, I didn't. Oh, I saw. Okay. So I have a friend on Facebook who's reading every single Wheel of Time books oh my god those of you who don't know the wheel of time is a high fantasy novel that takes place in a high fantasy world it was first published i'm on the wikipedia page that's how i know about this because again i do not read i am never going to read these books it by the way was published one year before i was born exactly the first book was published exactly one year before i was born it is i can't believe that book series is already 758 years old. it is older than i am robert jordan died he died in 2007 and those books are still being published it was supposed to be according to wikipedia a six book series and there are 14 books in it they're all long as shit they are boring as fuck i do know because i tried to get into the first one and it was i was like this is the most i read i read the lord of the rings series at the age of 12 and wheel of time broke me <laughs> it was so boring wow yeah that's gotta be oh man it hey if you can read the cimmerillion and not wheel of time yeah and i have <laughs> and i so have read something. the cimmerillion in middle school in fucking and i'm telling you like never in a million years and i love high fantasy like mm-hmm. fucking love high fantasy novels um and and so the guy who took over the wheel of time series is actually another writer who i really like called brandon sanderson uh if you haven't read any of his i would highly recommend his mistborn series really really cool high fantasy series um where basically people ingest different metals to uh, manipulate things and their bodies. It's really cool. It's really clever. 10 plus plus would recommend. And there's also several books in that series. Uh, Yeah, he's an excellent writer and I really like him. And I'm here to tell you right now, never in a million years. (sighs) 
never just so so bad i mean they're not bad i'm sure they're fine people really really enjoy them but uh i find them to be extremely boring and so long so literally the day that you pitched that conversation i came across a clip from um actually on tiktok that was some of the contestants talking about wheel of time Mm -hmm. and they were like yeah when people say you gotta get through to book seven before it gets good. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's possible, but I've had people tell me like I would really enjoy this television series once I get past season one. Why would I watch twenty two episodes of something before it got good? Yeah. Fuck that. Oh yeah. You know what I mean. I, I remember you've you've done that with uh, Parks and Rec. You just started in season two. Yeah. I just started the good part. Like, there you go. Why would I like? It's people say the same thing about Next Generation. I have never seen the first season of Next Generation, and I never will. I because I can just skip. Have, and I say have with a question mark because I mostly slept through it. Yeah. Yes. Correct. So what I'm saying is, if something sounds terrible to you but it's part of like a nerd thing you're a part of you don't have to do it yeah yeah anyways uh <laughs> what's the terrible nerd thing we're a part of we're going to be watching today travis <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be watching an episode of supernatural What's that? What's, What's that episode the, called, Travis? I know the answer. Do you? I know too. Um, oh, Travis is about to be doing some quick googling. <laughs> it's the oh great escapist. God. It's called the the uh, the escapist dot org. <laughs> That's not right. Wow, Travis, the escapist dot org. What? What's it about? Um, Sam and Dean. Go to jail, but on purpose. Wait, that's already happened. <laughs> uh, Sam and Dean. Did they bring back the t- the crime gloves? <laughs> uh, Sam and Dean help someone else get out of jail by going to jail on purpose. Wait, um, Sam, <laughs> Sam and dean uh get to meet someone that their dad knew by going to jail oh wait that's fuck um you're really nailing this keep going (laughs) i know that we're not laughing but like holy shit this is gonna land so hard It's gonna be so good, Travis. Yeah, it's gonna land as, as hard as about that Malaysian flight. Oh, why do I feel like that was the most like, sarcastic thing you've ever said? What? No, I would never be sarcastic <laughs> with you, Trap Buddy. Come on, I've never been sarcastic a day in my life. <laughs> never ever. Never ever. Oh, 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 here we go. Sam and Dean are gonna rob a school no (laughs) (laughs) all right 
Do you want to know what I think happens in this episode? Yes. I think Dean and Cass are finally going to make out on the makeout couch. And then Ooh. Dean is going to put, uh, yeah, they have a makeout couch in the bunker. And then Dean is going to put handcuffs on Cass. And Cass is like, nothing can hold me down. I'm a goddamn angel. But the angel, the cuffs are angel cuffs. And then I... Dean finishes the episode by saying, I don't think you're that great an escapist. Can I tell you what I think is going to happen? Yeah, hit us with it. All right, so Castiel grabs Sam and Dean and flings them through a window, very a la the French mistake. Okay. Only instead of being transported into like the film shoot of an episode of Supernatural, they're getting transported into The Great Escape. And they have to help fucking, uh, what's his name from the movie, that actor? Oh, he's left my goddamn brain. Basically, they have to escape a World War II like, uh, prison camp in Germany and they ride a motorcycle and jump a fence onto a train boom spoilers for the great escape nice well I don't know if that's gonna happen Ben or me or Travis let's find out So I started this episode not thinking that I would like it, and then I ended this episode liking it. This is a this is not my favorite episode of the season. Definitely not my least favorite. It's the most fine episode of the season. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's it's fine for a, like a big plot dump episode. Yeah. yeah, we're we're getting towards the end, and they have a lot of things that they need to do to get there so that's basically what this episode is is like hey guys remember we only have two episodes left yeah yeah, yeah. um this episode the great escapist i think as ben would say a solid fine out of 10 yeah yeah you know a solid columbine out of 10 it it <laughs> Oh my god. It does the job, <laughs> is what we're saying. You know? Are they putting a bunch of bells and whistles on it? Not really. There were a few good moments that I really did enjoy, but most of it, eh, if it wasn't so plot heavy, you could skip it. Yeah. I mean, even then, I think most everything would be caught up, or you would get caught up just watching the next episode and then watching the road so far. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, that being said, there were a couple of really nice conversations or like a couple of clever things characters did yeah. uh, that I did enjoy. So uh, we're, we're going to get into that. But real quick, I'm going to read the storyline, the plot summary that is on IMDb nice. because I don't, I don't, there's so much that happens in this episode. I don't think I have it in me to, like, summarize all of it. You know what I mean? Mm. All right. So, coming straight to us from KGF Vesslers. 
Despite his increasing weakness, which he ends up claiming to be purifying him from demonic ancestry, Sam convinces Dean that they must go on with, on with the triple trial. Crowley gets two demons to impersonate the Winchesters to lure paranoid prophet Kevin away so he would betray the ta tablet secrets, but it's up for a surprise too. Naomi tracks down Castiel despite a clever chick to hide in a fast food chain, but he hid the tablet gruesomely well. Finding Kevin missing, apparently dead, the brothers start tracking down the tablet's origin to the Amorine tribe, only to stumble upon the author, fallen angel scribe, scribe of God, Metatron. The episode ends with Metatron saving Kevin, Crowley kind of fucked Naomi somewhere in heaven, and Cass uh, bleeding out on the road. Mm. He's picked up by the Winchesters, and they all go back to the bunker, presumably. I tacked on that little bit at the end so that we could, you know, have the ending of the episode. So what did we think? Yeah. Um, at first, I was a little confused about Kevin's situation. Because we ended the last episode. Right? Uh, yeah, last episode with... No, the episode before the last. last. The last Kevin episode. The last Kevin episode. Yeah. Where we saw... You know, it was basically like Kevin was hallucinating or something, and then Crowley came and got him. But then Sam and Dean went to the boat, and it was like empty, mm -hmm. and it, but like the windows weren't broken or anything. But then we cut. Now we're here, and Kevin's in the boat, but Crowley is like has the boat i was confused so i don't think okay so here's what i think happened i think that the episode ends the last kevin episode ended pretty much how you, how you saw i don't think crowley ever caught up with kevin i think kevin was like hallucinating and hadn't been sleeping and was super tired and he just left you know what i mean hmm. like he he started hallucinating crowley thought he had been caught thought that all the windows had been shattered and just fucking vamoosed sam and dean get back and they're like oh shit kid cracked his egg and now it's all over the fucking floor and we we gotta find them of course they took a break to do the charlie episode um <laughs> Because time do. is, yeah, time is not of the importance here. <laughs> I mean, we we gotta close up hell, but we can take a siesta first, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Crowley, at some point, while Sam and Dean were fucking around with the super gin, was like, "Swear to God, if you walk across my goddamn keyboard." Okay, sorry, sorry, guys, cats. You know how it is. <laughs> uh, Crowley was like i think crowley caught up to kevin kidnapped him but like erased his memory memory of the kidnapping and put him in a set replica of the boat because and basically was using illusion to like trick sam and dean or trick crowd it tricked kevin into believing that like he was still in the boat he had never right. run away sam and dean were you know there Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he did a bad job. He didn't do a good enough job. I So this episode starts with Crowley basically being like, I'm a great director. You know, I'm so good that, at this. That was a good little, like, meta thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I did enjoy that as well. <laughs> um, I, I mean, if you're going to have an episode with Metatron in it. 
I also will just go ahead and say, I don't think we've spent enough time talking about how great Kevin is as a character, but yeah. I really like Kevin's character. Mm-hmm. Osric Chow is a great actor. He really is. He does a really good job. I wrote down, actually, I think of everyone in the show, like, I feel the worst for Kevin. Yeah. He definitely get like, everyone on the show gets the short end of the stick, but he gets the shortest of the short end. I mean, yeah. S- Sam and Dean don't have it great either, don't get me wrong, and they also were just, like, completely fucked from childhood on. Mm-hmm. But, like... I don't know. We didn't really see them as kids. We saw them as capable hunters, like from the beginning. Kevin is completely thrust into the situation. No idea what's going on. Didn't ask for it. Had a pretty yeah. good life, and now he's like separated from his mom. And he's dealing with all this bullshit, and it's just it's just kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Just kind of sad. But uh, I love his character. I think he's risen to the occasion. Yeah, definitely. I loved the the scene with him and Crowley where he was just like, "You know, I'm never going to tell you what's on the tablet, mm-hmm. and you know, you can't I... torture it out of me." <laughs> I also loved when Kevin revealed that he knew that it was a trick the entire time. Yes, because fake Sam and fake Dean were too nice. God, so terrible. I hate that. That fucking made me laugh out loud. Yeah, solid. Because fake, it's like, you know, I oh, I could tell when they offered to like, you know, get me food instead of just saying, "Hey, there's still burritos in there." You know what? I think that line is rude because we have seen Sam and Dean get Kevin food. Mm-hmm. That is true. Several times over the course of this season. It's a hell of a bluff. Yeah, I mean, maybe not pad thai and barbecue. In the same, yeah, that would have been like a one at a time. Scene. Yeah, like you can yeah. have you can have pad thai later. Slow your roll, but yeah, you know that's that's first of all, that's two full meals. Now far be it from me to shame anyone for eating two. We all have those days where we're just like super hungry, you know. Fucking a. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe uh, reading the angel tablet takes a lot out of you, but at the same time. It seems like you haven't eaten a lot recently. Go slow. You don't want to make yourself sick. You know what I mean, Kevin? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, oh, man. That scene with Crowley, though, at the end, right before he gets saved, I, I had a moment where I was like, am I attracted to Osric Chow? <laughs> and the answer to that question is, hell yeah, I am. He was mm-hmm. super hot in that scene. And also, hopefully, of age. Just kidding. He was. He. They never have real teenagers play fake teenagers on TV. Yeah. So, unless they're like young teenagers and thirty-year-olds won't do it. <laughs> um. What else? What else did we like about this episode? Um. I liked that there was Sam had a little speech about his like past. And uh, it was something about him hearing a story as a kid and feeling that he could never be that because he always felt like he was like unclean or imperfect in some way. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really apt because like in some ways he was like he had been infected with demon blood. Yeah. 
Um, but he, even before he knew, he felt he <clears throat> even before he knew that he kind of felt this way. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I just really liked that callback because we haven't had uh, hide nor hair of that plot line since it wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just really nice to hear from again, and I, I liked that. That's the reason why Sam is getting sick is because he's being purified from the inside out. Yeah. By doing these tasks, that is a good explanation. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I like, I like the idea of like. I also agree. I this is actually Sam's quote is probably my favorite moment of the entire episode. Um, and the full quote is, I remember looking at this picture of Sir Galahad, and he was kneeling, night, light streaming over his face. And I remember thinking, I could never go on a quest like that, because I'm not clean. I mean, I was just a little kid. You think maybe I knew? I mean, deep down that I had demon blood in me, and about the evil of it, and that I'm, I wasn't pure? Okay, so obviously, um, demon blood is something that happened to Sam. He didn't ask for it. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it was it, his bodily autonomy was violated and he was essentially drugged as a baby without his knowledge. Right. Um, or his parents knowledge. And they're supposed to be the people protecting you from this shit when you're too young to protect yourself. Um, mm. But what this speech says to me, it really, it really digs deep. These feelings of like being unpure, of, you know, being like dirtied by these demon blood. It it really uh, reminds me of the way people talk after like, uh, you know, childhood molestation stuff and, um, the, the Sam, we've talked a lot on this show about how like Sam's bodily autonomy is constantly violated. Um, yeah. And I just want us to remember that, you know, uh, that this is a pretty serious issue that, that Supernatural is handling. And I think the way they handle it is actually pretty appropriate in an urban fantasy show. Mm-hmm especially when it comes to possession. But then it gets a little muddy because other characters possess things just willy-nilly. I don't know. Yeah. I still really like the speech. I think they do a good job. I think Jared Padalecki yeah. performs it super well. That was definitely a highlight of the episode. Yes. Yeah. So, speaking um, of things that were not highlights of the episode. Not highlights. Not highlights. I'm switching it up on us. Uh, how are we feeling about the angels, Naomi and Cass? Or yeah. Um, I mean Naomi's definitely up to no good in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I honestly like. I don't know how to feel about Naomi. It's just like I don't know. It's just another evil angel. Yeah. Hmm. I I will go ahead and say that I mean it's clear that Naomi is just big kind of big brother and everything. Mm-hmm. Also they doubled down on the whole her and Crowley had a thing back in the day. Yeah, they did. That just seems 
actually incredibly out of character for her. Like we know very little about Naomi's character, but I just can't see her having an affair with a demon because she's so dedicated to heaven. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I get what you're saying, but that's like a trope we've seen in a bunch of stuff where like the person who seems the most sold on the fucking being number one for the company wants to sell out and work with somebody else. Yeah, but they don't have Naomi like, but that, but her and Crowley having an affair hasn't led to Naomi selling out. Like, I mean, I guess we still have two episodes in the season finale left, but Mm -hmm. do you really see Naomi at this point being like, actually, I was against heaven all along. Or like, you've got also the trope of like lovers who are of different fucking things. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I feel like they put it in there because um, it's funny to have Mark Shepard say those lines. Yeah. Uh, and be like, hey, Crowley fucks. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't see it for Naomi's character, but I also don't think they put a lot of thought into Naomi's character. Yeah. Yeah. Other than she's like an evil big brother worker, essentially. Yeah. The thing that happened this episode that I really don't like is actually this conversation, and I'm about to read the quotes. So Naomi and some mook angels catch up with Cass, and Cass, and and they murder the shit. Okay, so this is actually something I do like. The way Cass has been avoiding angels is by just traveling to different, like flying to different biggersons. Mm. I, yeah, I loved that. that oh, hell yeah. yeah, and because every bigger sense is the same, they're having a hard time pinning down exactly where he is. So every time they get close, he just travels to another bigger sense, and they can't catch up. So Naomi, to counter this, kills the shit out of out of everyone in bigger sense, and leaves one person alive with her eyes burned out to be like. They're, they they need you to stop. They need you to stop. So Cass gets there. He finds the blood. He finds that message. And then the angels show up before Cass can boop away. And Naomi breaks the server's neck to get her to stop talking. And Cass says, we were supposed to be their shepherds, not their murderers. And Naomi has a pretty good comeback, which is not always, Angel. There was a day back in Egypt, not so long ago, when we slew every firstborn infant whose door wasn't splashed with lamb's blood. And that was just PR. And then Cass responds, well, I wasn't there. And Naomi was like, you were. We just erased your memory. And I don't like that. I don't yeah. I don't like that changing of Cass's character. It's, it's lame. She goes on to say that Cass was always the spanner in the works, you know, just the rebellious angel that wouldn't do what he's told. And I think that really cheapens the sacrifices he made at the end of season four and throughout season five. Definitely. Like, like <sighs> Yeah, when we meet Cass, he is the ultimate cog in the machine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like his whole thing that he is no longer a cog in this machine. Yeah. Cass's like main thing is developing free will and then wanting that for other angels. And yeah, you're right. It definitely cheapens all of that. And you know. To say that he's always been that way. 
the easy way to handle that conversation is Cass says, I wasn't at the, I wasn't at the, you know, slang of the firstborn. And Naomi says, so you're still part of the organization, dumbass. It doesn't, it doesn't, you weren't personally killing. If you weren't personally killing all these like kids, who gives a shit? You were behind the people who were. Like, and yeah, boom, there you go. And Cass has learned something today. And we don't have to cheapen his character by retconning it and saying, he's well, he's always been the rebellious angel. Oh, well, it kind of sounds like he was fated to rebel then, which means that he didn't find free will. And that was the entire point of his character. I guess. Yeah, not a fan. I guess the real free will are the Burgerson's employees we murdered along the way. <laughs> <laughs> boo. It's kind of a stretch, but yeah, fair. That that boo's God. warranted. <laughs> I I have never wanted to eat at a fictional restaurant more than Biggerson. Fucking a, right? Like I fucking uh, tempura beer battered tempura steak. Fucking sign me up. Oh my gosh, the, the funniest... smart heart tempura tempura. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was the best. Smart heart, beer battered, tempura steak. That sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> I would eat the shit out of it once. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, only once. I, 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 I have to imagine that even though um, the Leviathans are taken care of and, and uh, Big Dick is out of the picture, all of these Biggersons still have... Like backstock of all of their nasty, like human medicine food, <laughs> and they're just still serving it. Yep. Um, I yeah, always love it when Biggersons comes into the picture. Oh hell yeah! So, uh, so this uh, this episode was written by. Um, ben Edlund mm-hmm. who wrote Bad Day at Black Rock which I think if I'm remembering it properly that's the first episode that Biggerson shows up right? I, I think you're right Yeah, because they get the lucky they get the rabbit's foot and they walk into Biggerson's and they get free meals for life yes um, so I think I thought that was good because this is also Ben Edlund's last episode no is it really it is let's celebrate everything else he's done he's a lot of good shit night shifter wait was night shifter good yeah night shifter's the uh bank heist episode oh shit yeah that one yeah hollywood babylon yeah Mm -hmm. simon said black rock Mm -hmm. yeah uh malleus maleficarum ghost facers Hmm. um on the head of a pin um, Monster movie. Yeah. The French Mistake. The Man Who Would Be King. How to Win Friends and Influence Monsters. <laughs> yeah. Not, not like, he pops up every few episodes in seasons two through eight. Uh, and they're always fucking bangers. Yeah. I wonder what he left Supernatural to go do. I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. 
So, oh, he has a quote on his Supernatural Wiki page. I actually was very surprised by how little special interest we get. I mean, we've done some fairly subversive things with the Judeo-Christian tenets, but no one cares. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's the quote he had. So it looks like he left um, Supernatural to be a producer on the show Revolution. Mm. Oh, that's another um, Eric Kripke show. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, He was co-executive producer on Gotham. Okay. He was co-executive producer on Powers. I don't know what that is. And then he was also executive producer for The Tick, the new The Tick that's that's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, Powers is a, uh, some kind of superhero show. I think that was that PlayStation show, if I remember right. PlayStation show? Oh, yep. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, PlayStation had a TV show on. Uh, I think it was PS3 slash mainly. P- yeah, I want to say it mainly came out when like the PS3 was in its heyday. Uh, yeah, I think if you paid for PlayStation Plus, you got it or some shit. Yeah, it was something like that because that's where the tester was as well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was that show that fucking Ego Network original. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, going back to the episode real quick, another thing I really enjoyed is that when we finally meet Metatron, he has a little speech about how, like, stories are the greatest things humans ever invented. The The power of stories is how we are basically become gods ourselves, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if I have to hear another goddamn writer analog (laughs) talk about the power of stories and how important they are i'm gonna hork up my lunch and then right after that speech sam is like fuck you you're a coward and i was like thank you sam (laughs) we were all thinking it thank you for saying it i did think it was funny how jensen ackles kept saying reading books in like such like a derogatory manner it was just fucking hilarious it's like only dean would make reading books sound like a terrible idea so i also loved sam death shouting through that whole scene yes that was (laughs) good just the fucking ringing in his ears was so loud yep oh i have never related to sam more than in this exact moment i like i like how uh, metatron didn't know who the winchesters were yeah. That was also fantastic. So, also, I think Curtis Armstrong did a good job with the character. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he gets introduced as Metatron this episode. He looks super familiar, but I don't know what else I know him from. Yeah. Um, of the nerds. Uh, he was also in Dodgeball. Uh, he was in a bunch of stuff. He's just one of those guys where it's like, hey, it's that guy. Yeah. He, he sounds like. Uh, <laughs> You never start a land war in Asia, and you never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. That's what yeah, he sounds yeah. like. He definitely sounds like that dude, but it's a different. Oh, it's a he different was guy. in risky business. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was. He's just one of those working guys. He's just yeah. been in everything. Yeah, he's never been All like a main stuff. dude, as far as I know. Oh, he, he looks like a. Uh, 
fucking character, character actor. Yeah. yeah. He is also in an episode of Psych. Yep. And iCarly. Damn. I guess we can watch iCarly for fucking uh, uh, let's shag ass now. We can nice. we can watch a TikTok show because it's like uh, the, I'm sure y'all have seen on TikTok the quote where it's like you hear this hot lady talking and she's like, "Hi, I'm a model. I live down the road." And then Curtis Armstrong comes in. He's like, "I don't care who the IRS sends. I'm not paying taxes." Yeah, is that yeah, Curtis Armstrong? Oh, that's, yeah, that's Curtis Armstrong from Dan what? versus. That's his. Uh, he plays the character Dan in the animated series Dan versus. Yep, that show is fucking hilarious. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, that's um, that was in the same like house of like Hasbro animation yeah. when My Little Pony Friendship is Magic was getting really big. Um, uh, a lot of the people from MLP also worked on Dan versus, uh, cause uh, all of those shows were like flash animated Okay, in like kind of the same studio, but, uh, yeah, Dan versus very funny. <laughs> I've, um, I'd never really heard of anybody watching it. I, I've seen, uh, I haven't watched it, watched it, but I've seen a, a good chunk of episodes. Okay. Hell yeah. He so Metatron's deal is that basically um, he wrote the word of God. Uh, we've or, we already are aware that he um, left a bunch of like annotated editor's notes, but basically he left because after God left, the angels started panicking. They wanted to know what to do. And he was like, they're about to fuck some shit up real bad. So he took the word of God with him and I guess hit it. Did that happen? I might've made that part up. Basically he left and he's been chilling with a native American tribe. And basically he went down to this native American tribe and was like, Hey, I'll give you, I'll protect you and give you, um, you know, magic and all this crazy shit. And all you have to do is give me stories in exchange. And so this tribe has been providing him with, uh, books and things like that for years. Like Sam finds a box of books and one of the, one of the books that I think is great expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what he's been doing all this time. And he doesn't know who the Winchesters are because, He's such a shut-in. Yeah, he hasn't he, had time to read the checkbooks. Yeah, he yeah he hasn't gotten around to them yet. Um, <laughs> oh man, what what would have been better? Him just not knowing who the Winchesters are, which is what happened, or him being like Winchesters. I think I read about that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I read about y'all once. We find yeah. out he's but then just like totally dismissing it. Like, oh yeah, those weren't that great. Yeah, <laughs> totally unrealistic. Completely unbelievable. <laughs> um, I would have really loved it if we found out that he actually ran like a fan fiction forum for her, uh, the supernatural books in the supernatural universe. I think that would have been really funny. <laughs> oh, so, what was that? The, uh, that super fan that like kidnapped Sam. 
Like she and him had had conversations in the group chat or some shit. On yes, that. absolutely. That and I think it would have been even funnier if he does not realize that it's the literal word of God. Um, yeah, that, yeah. He just, that he just thinks they're completely fictional books. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but that's what he's been doing. Just chilling, you know, living his life. And basically Sam and Dean are like, hey man, you mean you could have helped us with literally anything this entire time? You're just this like super powerful dude and your brethren have been fucking us over for millennia. You could have literally anything and you just haven't been, you piece of shit. <laughs> so he decides he's going to get off his ass and do shit this episode, which I did. I, I did appreciate, but otherwise oh I think Curtis Armstrong kind of plays him as like a gentle, wise old soul. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, and I enjoy it. I mean, it's not the best portrayal of Metatron I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that would be Alan Rickman in Dogma. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's hard to beat that, though. So. Rip. Rip, indeed. Cry yeah, every it, Tim. I think he does a good job. Yeah, I'm excited to see more of him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Travis? Uh, seeing more Metatron? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to see more Metatron. Well, that's too bad, Travis. Yep. <laughs> We're taking away your eyeballs after this. I looked at his IMDb page. I know that's a damn lie. God damn it. <laughs> IMDb spoils our plots again. I figured you had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speak, speaking of uh, spoiling plots, that, that was a bad segue. Anyways, I want to talk about the fact that Crowley fits Cass. Yeah. Hell yeah. Goes right up in there. Yep. Uh, Gets into very it. Clever of, very clever of Cass mm-hmm. to hide the tablet inside of him. Yeah. Our, our boy has been 10 out of 10 on these fucking... Uh, just nailing it with with keeping the tablet hidden and and doing a good job you know who else nailed it crowley he did hey he he got up in there so Cass is hiding the tablet in his stomach and crowley is like why would you why would you keep the tablet away from you and just fucking like gets in there with his dick hand with his arm <laughs> i thought that was uh, no lube yeah no oh my god no well, the only play. the only lube is cass's blood yeah blood as lube as they would say think, on ao3 i think mark <laughs> shepherd did spit on his fist first at least thank god oh, no no <laughs> yeah what i said was all right that was a step too far ben <laughs> oh well we didn't mention uh cass's or not cass's crowley's angel bullets Oh, Those yeah. Right. Which is how he got in there in the first place. He shot Cass with an angel bullet. Yep. Which is he basically, he had some of those angel knives and he melted them down in the bullets, which is amazing. God, they have got to stop leaving those around. Yeah, just yeah. throwing them willy-nilly. They, I mean, I get that a lot of angels had died, but can you stop leaving your trash on Earth? Pick that up. Yeah, you're killing the put, sea turtles. Put them away. Oh my god. Do you know how many sea turtles have been found with angel knives stuck in their nostrils? The poor things 000. can't breathe. 
And then demons get them. And where are we? With angel bullets. It's insane. This is madness. Pick up your shit, angels. Stop leaving it laying around. Oh, there was um, a scene where Crowley gets brown-nosed pretty hard by one of the demons who's like, I think you're a great director, sir. And I was like, are these two going to fuck? What's happening here? But nothing oh, happens. Yeah. It was it was one of the, it was like fake Dean or someone like that. Yeah, something like that. They were like, you're a great director. I think you're awesome. You've picked the perfect, or you would be a great Dean. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. You would be a great dean. And uh, I was just like, oh my God, get a room. Take your tongue um, out of his asshole. Come on now. Yeah. But that being said, I appreciate the fact that Crowley doesn't mind a little uh, a little brown nosing. Oh, I'm sure he loves it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those it's good to be the king moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, is the theory that Crowley became king of hell and now he's like on the level of an archangel or are there just no really big players since the archangels are taken care of so he can pretty much go toe to toe with angels now? Is you know, do you know what I'm asking? I think it's I feel like it's the second one. Okay. I'm just I guess I'm just confused on what Crowley's power level is supposed to be. Because when yeah. when we meet him, he's like a crossroad demon, but not the head of the crossroad demons. That was Lilith. But then maybe he gets a promotion, so he is. But does that give him extra powers? Because I feel like an angel versus crossroad demon, angel definitely beats crossroad, like just normie crossroad demon. Wait, I thought Crowley was king of the crossroads. Yes, he was. But I thought Lil- Lilith handled the deals pre-Crowley. Pre, pre her death, I should say. No, I think, I think Lilith answered to Crowley. No. Wait, no, that's not right. That no. can't be right. I'm so oh. confused on Hell's hierarchy. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten to the really confusing shit. I could have sworn. Crowley got introduced as King of the Crossroads. Yeah, I think he like managed the Crossroads deals, and I think Lilith was trying to be like a new Satan. You know, but I, there was no real organization other than with like the Crossroads demons. I mean, what do you expect? They're demons. Yeah. But now Crowley's the King of Hell, and I'm just like, do you get like a power boost from that? You know what I mean? I feel like the answer to that question has to be yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you just have hell coos like every other week. Yeah. Who's, if you will. Yes. Hullabaloo's, even. So. Um. Oh, so the way Cass escapes, Crowley has a demon on the payroll whose name is Ion. He, or, not a demon, an angel. Heaven this season is like, we are going to bribe as many angels as we can. Um. Mm-hmm. Crowley has an angel on the payroll named Ion and like his his uh his Hannibal lecture to Cass is they've been manipulating us for years and they've been erasing our memories blah 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 and I just want to cast cast to be like you're just using this as an excuse dude yeah you know I don't get what your game is but like you're working with de- that makes it okay to work with demons 
to do anything? <laughs> you think angels that were displeased with, he with heaven would just go, go to earth and live it as humans, you know? Yeah, like fucking, what was this, Ezekiel or the British angel? Oh, Balthazar? Balthazar, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe heaven tries to track them down. I think that does happen, actually. I'm not sure, though. There's The show is so long, and the lore is so kind of confusing sometimes. It also contradicts itself. Contradiction, convolution. Yeah. Confusion. Like, this has always really bugged me. There's a season nine episode where Cass talks about how angels can't taste things. Like, it just tastes like molecules to them. Weird. And that has always, it's like for a one-off joke, but it's always bothered me because in this episode, Cass talks about how coffee is an acquired taste. Right. And that ignores all of Gabriel's thing. Like, are you telling me Gabriel ate all that sweet food for the aesthetic? Actually, Gabriel absolutely would eat all yeah. of junk food for the aesthetic. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, he's, he's the only one. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be for like a joke. They had to be in like tongue-in-cheek sarcasm that angels can't taste. Yeah, but then you get annoying assholes like me who are like, <laughs> actually, man, 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 you can't. Um, <laughs> if that joke is a thing, that doesn't make sense, you know. I mean, technically, taste is created by molecules. That's true. It's like even. you know, smell and taste. When you're smelling stuff, it's the molecules of the thing. That you're smelling floating around yeah i don't know it's it, it's it's confusing because the way Cass talks about it he's like i just can't taste anything because i'm an angel and i get down into the bones of it and it just doesn't taste like you know how i think it's supposed to taste like and i'm just like is this a you thing or is this every angel what's happening yeah i say we'll cross that bridge when it catches on fire yeah that's fair uh, it's just a one-off thing. It's not like a huge deal. I don't care about like small contradictions like that, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that one always just kind of bugged me because I was like, eh, it's dumb. This is dumb. What's happening? Yeah, it feels like a writer who had never seen a lot of the show before got the reins to write a fucking episode yeah, or a or, line or something. Or was just like, surely no one will care about this, but they didn't expect me, Ari Kobler, host of one of the many supernatural podcasts that exists. Boom. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, oh man. Can I tell you my, like, the funniest thing that happens this episode and it's completely on accident to me? Yes. Okay, so it's in one of the last scenes and, like, Dean... In, and Metatron, so Dean and Metatron and Sam and Kevin are in this one room, right, in this uh, casino slash hotel that, like, nobody else is in except for the host of the casino slash hotel, uh, who Sam calls Mr. Scrowly Scrowl, <laughs> Dr. Scrowly Scrowl. Um, it is filled with books. Uh, but they're all in the same room and Dean and Metatron kind of like walk, walk away to like have a short conversation about how Metatron basically saved Kevin. And he's kind of, uh, you know, he, he told them about what the last trial age is, which by the way, is curing a demon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, er, that's they find that out after this conversation, but like Metatron's basically like, "Hey, there's consequences to the trial, and it's your choice." Blah blah blah. And during this, Kevin wakes up, and Sam yells, "Dean, Dean!" Completely unnecessarily, he is like twenty feet away from them. <laughs> He could have quietly and calmly been like, hey, Dean, he could have whispered. He could have fucking whispered and been like, hey, Dean, Kevin's awake. And like, it, he, Dean would have been able to hear him probably. Yeah. Well, his, his ears are ringing. No, yeah. they, they stopped ringing. Metatron oh, turned it down. Yeah, right? Uh, oh, he turned it down. Yeah. Okay. And then... I was like, I, I'm pretty sure his ears have been ringing the whole time. No, he, he stops yelling at some point during that conversation. He realizes, like... Yeah, he, he stops a little bit. Um, and then Kevin wakes up and Metatron drops the bomb that the third trial is curing a demon. And nobody knows what that means. Yeah, but that's a thing. There's cures for everything in this damn universe. Yeah, you get turned into a supernatural monster. It's not that big a deal. We'll just uh, make you a potion. Yeah, there's a cure for vampirism, Mm -hmm. which is like if you don't feed, you can somehow not become a vampire. Yeah. You can get cured from being a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, if you get injected with, like, the vampire that bit you, if you get his blood injected into you, you could get turned back human, which makes very little sense to me. Yeah, that's... (laughs) What a wild thing. Yeah. Get the antibodies, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a cure for werewolfism? Uh... Don't think yeah, it's so. The same. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, if, if there if, is. Like, if there is, I if, don't if, think. If you kill the daddy vampire, or, or if you kill the daddy werewolf, the baby werewolves won't be werewolves anymore. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. They'll be werewolves. Fucking basic. If there is, I don't think it's been introduced yet at this point in the show. So, Yeah. You know, the more we talk about this episode, the more I'm like, eh, it really had one or two good moments, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, again, I feel like there's so much they need to do. Mm-hmm. They need to find a whole new season villain. God, that's going to take forever. Um, they've got a third trial to do. They got to figure out what it means to cure a demon. I don't really like Naomi, but it's not that I don't like her because she's evil and she's hurting the characters that I like. It's more that I don't like her just because I I don't think she's boring. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she's not a great character. She's just very undeveloped for being a villain. Yeah. Like, especially if she has supposed to be been being a villain the whole time. What's what's Naomi's thing? Well, she loves heaven so much and she's so interested in making it, you know, the making the trains run on time that she's willing to wipe Angel's memories and brainwash them into doing what she wants. But now she can't do that to Cass anymore because of his interaction with the tablet. And she had a thing with Crowley, and that's pretty much all we know about her. Yeah. So She's nice. She was nice to Dean in that one episode, but we all know that was a lie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
just not super into her pretty much at all. Yeah. And obviously Crowley is really interesting, but not like a great main villain for the season. Mm-hmm. I think this whole season would have been better if it had been more mystery driven than antagonist driven. Yeah. Like to me, it seems like the goal has been, we have to decipher the tablets and do the trials before Crowley figures out what the tablets say and what the things are. And I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Crowley is just been so fucking off the mark like he didn't even find out about the trials until this episode like he knew that they were going to try to close the gates of hell but he did not know that they'd completed two well no that's not true because taxi driver he knew about taxi driver wait but did he know that they, they were doing trials in that episode or did he just think they were trying to save bobby um i think he's I th- I think the second one. Okay. He just he just thought they were going in for Bobby. Yeah. I am like ninety five percent sure that he is just now finding out about this shit, and I'm like, dude, you are so late on the ball. Like, you gotta figure this shit out. Um, because because yeah. you're gonna lose, and it's gonna be pretty humiliating. <laughs> like, Sam and Dean are gonna out trick you. Like, they're going to outmaneuver you, man? These assholes? No, there's just no way. I don't know. But, yeah, I think if this if this whole season had been more focused on the tablets, mm-hmm. and, like, the mystery of the tablets, like, where they came from, finding Metatron, finding out what the trials are, and mm-hmm. doing those, and and really, like, a lot less of Crowley and maybe Naomi. I well, I think there's a way to make Naomi work, but it would include it would include actually like giving her a character and making her interesting. So, um, yeah. and like to be fair, she is a woman, and that's really hard for Supernatural. That's true. They they everybody. yeah uh, no, <laughs> um, but yeah, she. It's definitely Supernatural has a rough time making women interesting. Um, They've only done it like three times. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Charlie, um, Jody, Bobby's wife. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was going to mention uh, Ruby One, kind of. Okay. Bella, almost. Yeah. I did like Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Joe. Yeah. It's been so. It's been so long since I've even thought about Joe and um, Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. Mm. Uh, question. Yes. Besides Eugenie Ross Lemming, uh, writing partner of Brad Buckner, our favorite duo. Mm-hmm. It. What has Sarah Gamble been the only other woman that wrote for the show? That can't be true. It, there has to be more female writers. Is there a way for me to find that out very quickly? Uh, I'm sure there is on supernaturalwiki.com. 
Oh my god, I just put up female writers on Supernatural, and one of the autofills on Google is what are female writers called? And I'm just like, mmm, writers. Yeah. Okay. Sarah Gamble. I'm just gonna, I'm looking at a list of all the writers, and I'm gonna read off when I come up. I'm going to, I'm going to count when I can't get to female names. Okay. Um, starting with season one, uh, Eugenie Ross Lemming, uh, huh. Terry Hughes, Burton. So that's three. Rao Tucker, Rael. She loves supernatural at the end of season two. Not sure if she's a woman, gonna be honest. I'm just kinda guessing. Eugenie Ross Lemming. Again. Um So that's five. Catherine Humphreys. Okay, we're into season four. Julie Siege. Nancy Weiner. Rebecca Dessertine. Some of these names I'm only seeing once, okay? Yeah. Uh, Nicole Snyder, so we're up to 10. Oh, did you get Rachel Knave? Uh, no, so that's 11. She she wrote Bugs with Bill Coakley. Okay. All right, let's look at how many female writers are on the show in season eight. Eugenie Ross Lemming. Jenny Klein. That's it? That's it. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. Jenny. Jenny Klein in season eight wrote Torn and Frayed. Mm-hmm. That was a good episode. I don't remember that episode. Was it good? Yes, that was a... Uh... That was the episode where Samandriel gets saved and then murdered by Cass. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Of course, there's a man's best friend with benefits that was written in part by a woman and <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> episodes of Supernatural of all time. That one does not count. What are you talking about? It's the best <laughs> episode ever. <laughs> Yeah, it's right up there with that uh, dog, other dog episode. When people are like, hey, Ari, what are your favorite episodes of Supernatural? Obviously, number one favorite, Bugs. Uh, <laughs> number two favorite, Route 666. And then right under those two is Family Matters. <laughs> and then right under that one, Man's Best Friend with Benefits. 
and then under that one all of the other dog episodes every dog every dog episode just all of them not not when where just a dog appears or someone mentions a dog. I specifically mean where dogs are integral to the part. Usually because they're turning into people and fucking humans. <laughs> oh god. Love me the dog episode. So the best part of Supernatural. Every day I wake up. <laughs> Every day I wake up and I think to myself, damn, what dog related supernatural episode where someone wants to fuck a dog or a dog wants to fuck a human could I watch today? And there's a there's a bevy. The, the exciting thing is that I have options. You know what I mean? supernatural machete order but it's only episodes about dogs it's only, but only the episodes where dogs want to fuck people or people want to fuck dogs <laughs> you know how it is oh my god people just love dog fucking episodes and who wouldn't what's the other episode where there's like a dog that wants to fuck a human all dogs God, go to heaven. No. All dogs go to heaven. Yeah. That's that episode. To be fair, the woman that's... that did that episode does not want to fuck a dog. A bit of a break from the formula, we would find out. <laughs> is um is the all dogs go to heaven the one where it's like they're they're trying to find the alpha? They're shapeshifters. Is that season six episode. It is a season six episode. Mm. Okay, yeah. The dog. Uh, the, that one. Yeah. Oh. You know what they say about a man and his dog? You you give a man a dog. You you let you let a man dog sit, and he'll fuck a dog. You give a man a dog, and you'll fuck a dog for the rest of his life. I think that's how the famous saying goes. I don't remember. Yeah, if you Anyways. give a man a dog, he'll give that dog a bone. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That was good. That was better than my thing. Uh, do you want to read some reviews on this episode? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Uh, there's one super long one. It is a 10 out of 10. I'm not going to read it because it is a novel. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but basically they're arguing that this is one of the best uh, supernatural episodes of all time after Kirky has left the show. No. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I don't know. It's I, fine. I don't... <sighs> Yeah, let's get to another review, though. Okay. Uh, we'll do... I think the next the next highest score is 9 out of 10. So I'm going to go with this one, written by DanaJS24. Finally, the main storyline. Hey, that's a sentiment <laughs> I can agree with. <laughs> Seems like I waited forever to get back to business with the story, and this episode did a good job of coming up with clever ideas to further said story. First was Crowley's doppelganger trick with his demons in hell as Sam and Dean, which was a pretty cool idea for him. Unfortunately, Psycho Kevin sees through it. Hope he dies soon, getting sick of the mood swings. Wow, Dana! God damn, Dana. Damn. Just... Do not pull those punches, why don't you? Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. 
Next is Cass's attempt to hide the angel tablet by hiding an identical Bickerson's over and over. This was easily foiled by the angels in a very easy to guess fashion, just murdering everyone. Sam and Dean find the scribe of God and he's a bit lame, but I suppose that's the point. Curing a demon is revealed to see the, to be the final trial, so we'll see how that turns out. Eight, nine out of ten. I feel like a writer of Supernatural wrote this review. Yeah. yeah fuck. Can't wait to kill Kevin myself. It's gonna be so good when he dies because I hate him. Little bitch ass. <laughs> that bitch ass Kevin. Why are you having so many emotions, Kevin? Huh? Is it because your entire life has been upended? Yeah, more like Kevin Bland. Yeah, am I right? Nerd. Alright, oh, here's another one from old friend Cubs and Culture. Shuffles the McGruffins well. Every once in a while, Supernatural ends up having an episode that has to get to a lot of different parts from point A to point B, and the episode only exists only to do that. This is a pretty good example of that type of episode. It doesn't have much of identity apart from the ongoing plot developments, but Edlin finds enough unique things, like Cass zipping around the Biggersons to keep the episode fresh and engaging. In the end, the episode is too plotty and jam-packed, but it does what it has to do. 9 out of 10. Fair enough. Nice. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. At the end, I think I think at the end of the day, the best thing I can say about the Great Escapist is it's uh it's the meat and it's a meat and potatoes episode or no, it's a vegetable episode. You know yeah. what I mean? You have to it's eat a salad. Your, yeah. yeah, you have to eat your vegetables before you can you know like get to the good stuff. So you can shit. Yeah, exactly. And fiber is important. Mm -hmm. um, this is a fibrous episode. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shit to chew on, but I, I would I wouldn't call it my favorite. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like you know how if you eat some raw celery, sometimes you'll get that secret floss. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Love me some celery floss. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm about ready to wrap this bad boy up. I think so too. I think I'm about ready to wrap this season up. God damn! Is the next episode it? No, no. two more. Two more. Next episode is the penultimate. Um, yeah. So, Travis. Uh huh. Any final thoughts, comments, questions, concerns from either of my lovely co-hosts? Thought I was going to go into it, and I didn't. I did not. I'm concerned Travis is going to forget what the next episode is next time we record. <laughs> I'm concerned Travis is just going to over and over again just plot of like, it's a great, it's the great pumpkin sandwich, Chester. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Uh, Travis, the next episode is called Clip Show. What's it about? Clip Show. Good fucking god. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, hopefully not an actual clip show. Oh, I hope it is. Because that would be awful. I hope, I hope they start from episode cable. one. This <laughs> is not even. This is not even a writer strike season. Yeah. Like this is, can't be. Can't just put a clip show in. Oh, well, you'd be surprised what supernatural can and can't do. As you are not, it's fucking dad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, clip show. Clip show. Clip show. Sam and D. Oh, 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 oh. 
this is one of those episodes where Dean gets to time travel, except Sam doesn't because he's too, I don't know. Sad. Main character enough. He's too sad. Yeah, so uh, Dean gets to travel back in time and see all of the cool things that he's done with his brother Sam. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) The way you said that makes you think that makes me think that you don't think that Sam is his brother. No, I was trying to. I was trying to reflect the sentiment of the show. Okay. Sam doesn't get to do all the cool stuff that yeah. Dean does. He just gets to be so sad. Yeah. And so injured off in the corner. Do you think Sam's going to survive this episode? Nope. Great. I mean, by this <laughs> Wait, episode, this, I mean the season. This episode, you mean the, the season. season? Nope. This, this season is definitely ending with Sam dying or becoming permanently incapacitated in some way and by permanently i mean we'll see him again soon yep he will be permanently incapacitated for at least a year got got it okay cool uh well then, i mean maybe i mean we'll see you know we'll, we'll find out together i guess i thoroughly believe it i know what happens and i can't wait to talk about it oh boy Ooh, I can't wait boy. for Travis to experience it for the first time. <laughs> we we are almost at we are almost to my least favorite season in the show. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh I'm not gonna tell you which upcoming one that is, but who boy do we have a lot to get through. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. It's going to be something. I can't wait. Here about here on Hey Ass Butt. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if, if you're listening to this for the first time, what are you doing here? Go back to the episode one. Then get to this episode. Because, you know, we're doing like the whole yeah. show in order. <laughs> but or we do. We, yeah, or don't. You know what? We also aren't your dad uh, yet. Do you get, anyone have any hot moms? Um, if you want to hear more, actually tall. So. Yeah, tell them to contact uh, us at actually tall. If you want to hear more from us, please check out our website, habcast.com, where you can find links to all of our social media. That is at Habcast on Twitter and Instagram, and Hey Ass Butt, a supernatural Facebook, a supernatural podcast on Facebook. Um, if you like this and you want to hear the other show we do, you can go to our Patreon, where for $3 a month, you get access to the other show, Let's Shag Ass, where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not super natural. You will also gain access to our Habcast discord come talk to us about the show either one of them it's gonna be pretty awesome uh thank you so much for listening and until next time have fun and don't die bye
Uh, can you hear me? 